got a great sound to play in Hello? Have you ever snubbed a lady? Um, we had a technical problem. Are we on? Yeah. We're on there. Can I swear? Welcome to Crunch and Roll, a podcast about the side of the radio industry that most people never hear about, featuring some of its most interesting characters. My name is John Fox, known to some as Foxy, and you might be thinking, hang on, what qualifies you to present Crunch and Roll? Well, I worked my way through hospital and student radio, presented commercial breakfast shows on the mighty 96.9 Viking FM, Signal 1 and 210 FM, and also, I'm pretty sure, hang on, let me just... Scrape the old grey matter. I'm pretty sure a station in Birmingham that recently celebrated its 50th anniversary. Or maybe I'll just imagine that one. But I'm 100% sure that I also had a bash at presenting on the BBC as well. My guest today would like it to be known that just because he and his wife decided to leave the UK and set up on a stunningly beautiful Caribbean island paradise, he is not a tax dodger. And he offers a bit of consumer advice if you ever want to visit the Cayman Islands. Just make sure, actually, that you've got a decent overdraft facility if you plan on buying some fish fingers. Dave Kelly is one of radio's biggest anoraks, and he's got to live his dream throughout his radio career from the excitements of doing splits on his all-conquering Galaxy evening show, getting to present on the big 95-point greats after a spontaneous trip to London, and also there's an amazing story about how he was accidentally given a new gig meant for somebody else. He also takes us through the less enjoyable times at the top of the Radio City Tower. Now, before we start, just another reminder that if you enjoy the podcast and you are a regular listener, we'd be eternally grateful if you could support us on Ko-fi. Just go to ko-fi.com slash crunch and roll. And thank you to all our most recent supporters, Mikey Faulkner. Um, I do hope that all's going well at that station with the same name as the one that I might have worked at in Birmingham. And also Matt Wilkinson as well. Top man, thank you. There's a lot of strong language in this episode, just how you like it. Let's crunch and roll. Oh yeah. Dave, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm well, do you know this is the the first time I've started an episode of Crunch and Roll with a huge amount of jealousy. Is that a bedroom behind you? I, I can't see the Cayman Islands, yeah. but I can so, fe- I can feel it. Yeah, can you see my glowing aura of, of yeah. sort of sun and, and all that crap? Um I so I'm basically in my closet because we, we, we can't afford a house out here because it's it's the world's most expensive place to live. Is it? Genuinely. Yeah, that's legit. Um, so we're never going to buy a house. Everything's like a million dollars. So yeah, this is this is my makeshift studio where I do all my stuff from in, literally in a closet. But it works. It uh, works. Look, we'll get on to why you're in the Cayman Islands in a bit. But I just, I mean, ugh, how hot is it out there? I mean, tell me about the place. Um, it's, well, it's 36 degrees today. Um, yeah, I'm really sad. I just watched the news before we came to do this as well, and it was like snow coming to the UK, and I was like, "Ah, oh, shit! I got to speak to Foxy later. I'm gonna be well pissed <laughs> off." Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it is beautiful. I can't whack it. It's um, it's it's the life. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I need to say something negative, but I can't think of anything negative. I'm sorry. Uh, well, it's expensive. So we'll, yeah, it's we'll expensive. Yeah. Do you know how much fish fingers cost? Right? You know when you go to the shops in the UK, yeah, and it will say like uh, two for a fiver or whatever. I can't remember because I'm so like brainwashed. Um, it will say two for a fiver on the, on the box from Waitrose. And then you'll look under the ticket on the thing, they're $15, which is basically mm-hmm. 15 pounds. Jeez. It's 20 pound for a pack of bacon. <laughs> yeah. Tax free my ass. 
Yeah. Everyone's always like, yeah, he's a tax dodger. Am I bollocks? You know, I, I pay my tax on my fish fingers and bacon, my friend. That's exactly how it works. But no, it's great though. That aside, it's great. All right, we'll get on to that in a bit because I, I am extremely jealous as I look out of my, I've got a little bar, so I record this in my bar now and uh, I'm just looking out the window and it's absolutely hammering it down. It's bitterly cold. But anyway, oh, right. Sorry. It's all right. Dave, um, look, look, you're from Northampton originally. Yeah, um, the arse end of nowhere, to be honest with you, because you're not really London and you're not really Birmingham and you're kind of lumped in with Milton Keynes. Nobody wants that. So, it, yeah, it's a weird place, weird place. So where... I mean, how did you start? Was it hospital radio? Was it student radio? I mean, how... how no, did... I didn't want to do radio, to be honest with you. Um, even to this day, um, I want to be a television camera operator. Even okay. today. Like, we were talking about this just the other week. Like, me and my wife were in a, in a, a bar somewhere get, having some dinner, and we were chatting about life. I was like, well, when this is all finished, what do you want to do? I want to go work as a TV camera operator. Doing what? Uh, I'll do the news. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go and stand outside courthouses. I don't know. It's just the geeking me loves it. So I wanted to do that, right? So I went to my local college and yeah, you couldn't just do TV. You had to do a B-Tech. Are they still, are they still going? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a B-Tech in media and that involved radio, print and TV. All I cared about was the TV. And so during the course, which is like a two-year course, I kind of realised that telly, storyboard it, make it, edit it, like a two-month process. And then radio, think about it, say it, done. And I was like, oh, this is, um, this is a lot more fun. And during that whole period, I mean, I used to love listening to, um, and I'm, we've, I've heard people on it and talk on your podcast before talking about it, but the Hot FM, right? Yeah. For me, everyone's got their station. I know you talked about your station and I've been listening to all the podcasts when we make because everyone knows everyone, don't they? You're like, yeah, oh, listen do, yeah. to his. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, mine was North Ants 96, the high FM. Right. So I used to listen to it all the time and I loved it. And then when I started doing the, the radio thing at college and, and understood it a bit more, and the more I understood it, and my tutor, who, who was a good guy, would tell me how it worked. And then I'd end up going home. And then I don't remember when it happened, but then, then the, the bug got me. There was North Ants 96 and in Milton Keynes, there was FM 103 Horizon. It was Horizon Radio back then. Yeah. And, and it was the hotter mix. So my brain went, well, that's not the high FM, it's called the higher mix. But then at night time, it might have even been Moyles with his late bit. I, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was as a network show. And it suddenly occurred to me, hang on a minute. They're all playing the same song at the same time. They're playing jingles. Hang on a minute. They're all the same length. Hang on a minute. I can hear, and this is how geeky I got. And this is probably how I've got where I'm in my career. It got to the point where I was talking to one of my friends who was also a geek. And they were like, on your radio, remember the old radios, you could, the little stereos, you could turn up the, the treble and, and turn yeah, the yeah, bass yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. He went, turn the treble down. Turn everything out and whack the bass up and listen at the end of their talking bit. So I did. I was listening to it and I heard, and it was a DTMF tones to fire the ad break. No. That was it. Done. That was it. Now, either it was either it was the DTMF tones or my brain was imagining DTMF tones. I don't know what it was, but it ended up giving me a career because I just, I was obsessed with it. And then I, we've all done it, recording jingles between songs, but recording... Horizons jingles and Northlands jingles and matching them up together on different cassette players. and oh. But it just got me into it. I loved it. And then from college, um, the local radio station, Northlands 96, ended up, this is such, it's such an insular industry. Chris Brooks, didn't know him, was just the guy on drive time. Yeah. Um, and he came in because they borrowed some equipment from the college. And I made friends with him and I didn't realise he was about to leave. 
and he was about to go to a place called Kicks 96 in Coventry. And so I just went up to him and went, mate, I, I love radio. Um, could I come and do work experience? Well, I'm, well, I'm leaving North Ants Radio, uh, North Ants 96 it was then. I'm going to this radio station in Coventry. Let me give you the details and blah, blah. And, and that's what I did. And Chris Brooks is my best mate, like 27, 28 years later. And the work experience turned into a, a job in the end in Coventry. So that is because Kicks is your first professional station. And yeah. do you know what? Forgive me, Dave. I've, I've talked about you a lot, not in a bad way. But nobody's ever, nobody's ever come back to me and said that you were such an anorak. I didn't realise. Oh, my days. Yeah. I've, I've, I think, I genuinely think I've got the jobs that I've got from my geekiness. <laughs> genuinely. And, and I, honestly, I honestly believe that. And when we move on to where I've, I've gone and, and the jobs I've got, hearing you say that is weird because I just presumed that everyone went, well, he's all right on the radio, but the, the technical network side of it, yeah, that's, that's probably why he's got that job. And because I love all that stuff. That's the bit. You know, some people get on the radio because they want to be famous and they, they like the entertainment side of it. I got on the radio because I love playing jingles between songs. And from the, the, the moment I got my first job, all I cared about, and this is probably my generation, all I cared about was being on a network. That's all I wanted to achieve. I wanted to press a button and I wanted two jingles to play at the same time. That's <laughs> all I gave a shit about. Genuinely, that's all I ever gave a shit about. And um, that's probably why I got the jobs that I got because that was my buzz. I didn't care about the, hey, we're going to go to a nightclub and you're going to get free drinks and hey, you might get laid. Yeah, yeah but we'll go back after, right? And we'll, we'll, we'll mess around <laughs> with the computer playout system, will we? Yeah. But in the amount of times I, I nearly got fired on Galaxy for doing stupid shit with playout systems, just textbook stuff. <laughs> so good. But no, I loved it. Um, so Kicks 96 was, it was actually, I, I mean, I heard Brooksy talk about it and I don't know if any more people on from it, but it was a decent little launch pad. Some, some, some good people. Cam Kelly yeah, uh, yeah. was there. I heard him talk about it as well. Uh, then uh, Brooksy, I got a gig there. James Clayton, who ended up doing um, uh, Ghibliwa uh, network stuff. John Dazelle, JD, Free Radio. Uh, he, he was there as well. They went to Mercia. Um, there was loads of great people that started. David Francis worked there as well. It was good. It was just, but because it was quite small, you could get away with murder. And that, that's where my sort of just do what you want and hope for the best. And you'd learn so much doing that. I genuinely learned so much. So, so what was your first show at Kicks then? Uh, Chris and Stewie, which Chris Brooks and 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 Stewie, <laughs> and they were like my best friends at the time because they both lived in Northampton and we used to drive up to Coventry together. So I used to tech up their show because Chris signed. I don't know. I've never actually asked him about this. He signed a bonkers contract. He was on from like three till nine. It was mental. And so he used to go home at seven o'clock, and I would play out his links on mini disc, and that's how we all started. And I loved it. It was, I was in charge. It, this was the nuts. And so it was Christmas Day. I want to say 1997 because Princess Diana had passed away. So it must be 97. And I was tech up in, I can't remember the, the guy's name. It was Steve something. And I was supposed to be tech up in his show. I'd played out the show before and Steve didn't turn up on Christmas Day. And the PD, it was Nick Tuff. I'm still in touch. In fact, on the wall, where is it? Here's somewhere. I've got the letter that he sent. Oh, it is. Here's the letter that he sent me a few no. days after that says, it, it, I'll read it out to you. It says, hey, Dave. Oh, here we go. The 18th. So I did, it must have been Christmas Day 97. Because on the 2nd of uh, February 1998, programming memorandum from Nick Tuff to Dave Kelly. Dave, 
I'd just like to welcome you to the presentation team and look forward to working with you here at Kicks 96. This is where the hard work begins. So work hard and good luck. And I've always kept that. On That's amazing. Yeah, really good letter that. So, um, yeah, I just, he went, do you want to do a show? Because Steve's not turned up uh, yet. I lost it somewhere. I don't know. I used to have it. But you know, when you're dead squeaky. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. one of them. And it was, it was shocking. But then that led to a couple of more thingy can't turn up. What's it? Can't do this. Can you do it? And in the end, um, they gave me the evening show because it wasn't fair on Chris to do three till nine. And so um, they gave me the evening show. But Chris took me out to our pub, our local in Northampton, and went, just so you know, uh, it was owned by Muff and Ginny. I don't know if you've had any Muff and Ginny stories. Muff Murphy. No, I, 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 I've heard of him, but I've not heard the many stories. Well, he's living his best life now, hasn't he? Because he wrote the Gladiators music. Oh, he's creaming it in, that lad. He's <laughs> creaming it in. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he did the Gladiators theme tune. So he's loving his best life right now. But anyway, they said, Chris said, they're going to offer you the evening show. Don't, don't let them take the piss. But, you know, it's your first gig. Um, it's coming your way. Don't just say yes. Handle it well. Like, Chris was, he was such a nice guy to me. And they did. And I took it. I did seven till nine. Um, I was getting paid uh, £7.50 an hour. Uh, so I was getting £15, 15 pounds a day. And it cost me £9 to get them on the train from Northampton. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was worth it though. So I quit, I quit the co-op because I, I should have stayed at the co-op. But I went, no, this is it. I've made it. So I quit the co-op. And then, and that, that, that's kind of where it all started. And yeah, I loved that radio station. You're right. Do you know what? You, you, you've made me realise that Kicks did have a, a, a good selection of people that worked there, didn't it? Yeah, it really was a, a little hub. And I just feel like it was, it was a great little station because it was in a, a really decent city. You know, it had a decent-sized TSA. Um, Muff and Ginny were really good owners. I know that now. Back then, you're always, obviously, you're never happy with your owner. I was like, they won't do this, they won't do that. But looking back on it, yeah, they were great. And they looked after their people and... They had a bit of money behind them, so they used to have that topless bus thing that used to go around. It was, you know, I can't, I can't whack it. For my first, what, what, what I'd learned from what GWR were doing at the time, you know, the whole "we don't talk over your favourite man." It was, it was bland. I mean, we've all heard it and been there, probably. It was great. It was the polar opposites to Mercia, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It was brilliant, really brilliant. So you spend three years at Kicks ninety six in Coventry, and from there. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing for those three years, you really honed, you know, your, your skills of being on there. But then you go to Galaxy Northeast in 2000, which, forgive me, kicks 96, you know, some pedigree has gone through there. But that's a hell of a jump, isn't it? Well, there was a bit in the middle, actually. Was there? Um, okay, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You're blacking research again. No, there was a bit shocking. The, I know. <laughs> there was a bit in the middle, honestly. Um, so Chris had gone to Radio Essex and... I remember driving down from Northampton to South Mims to listen to his first show. Um, and that radio station, Radio Essex, back in the day, was it was amazing. The, the imaging. I don't, I don't remember what the song is. There was, maybe you'll remember it because you would have played it as well. It was the Rugrats. Was it a theme tune to the Rugrats oh, or something? God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember it? Anyway, I do they, know, had, yeah. they had on Radio Essex, I'd never heard them before, power intros. And it, it spelt the word radio. I can't remember what it did. It did something clever. You know? it, was, it, it, was the, it was the bollocks. It was good. And I was like, holy shit, this Essex radio group, this is, this is the shit. So anyway, I was talking to Chris and I can't remember exactly how it came around, but there was no jobs at Radio Essex and I don't think it was good enough anyway. Um, but there was a job coming at DMG as it was back then, wasn't it? Um, at Medway FM. They just bought the Medway group. And so uh, Paul Chandler got in touch with me and said, we're doing an RSL. 
um, in Leicester, over the road from Coventry, for Vibe FM. Um, come and do that. So I did. Obviously, I thought, oh, shit, I got on Vibe FM. This is a huge station in East Anglia. Yeah, no, I didn't, didn't get that. Nowhere near it. So, um, but he did say, listen, we've just bought Medway FM. We're going to change it to Mercury FM, hotter and fresher. It's basically Radio Essex. Fucking sign me up now. Um, <laughs> so I moved down there and within weeks, um, Paul Chartland left because he saw the iceberg coming with Ghibli Rara coming. I'd been there, well, I've been there less than two months because I remember my girlfriend at the time said, if, if we move in the next month, I, I can go back to my old job. And they came in and yeah, they just, they literally fired everybody, but not face to face. Just no. as if that would happen. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I walked in. And Tony Dibb in Dibsy. He's, have, you got, have you had Dibsy on? You should get him on. No, He's got but some good we've, stories. we've spoken to Tony about coming on, yeah. Yeah, he just texted me a minute ago. <laughs> it's so random. It's like it radio day today. Um, so yeah, uh, they, they got him up first, let him go. Uh, and then I knew what was coming and then they let me go. So I just ran my girlfriend. I was like, listen, yeah, it's happened. Um, so we just ended up moving back to Northampton. In the meantime... I had made friends, obviously, at Kix96. And one of the, the, the sales guys there, the sales director, had moved to Oxygen FM, which was, I think it was like a university station in Oxford. Right. But they'd gone, they'd gone proper FM. And, and I rang and went, it's gone tits. That I've been shafted by GWR. Um, what can you do for me? And he went, well, come up. Dibs is coming too. I was like, fuck, this is brilliant. Yeah, mate, Dibs is my mate. Great. So Dibs went up and did mornings. I went up and did afternoons. It was great. Met loads of great people there. Uh, met Sarah Champion, who was there at the time. It was just a, a a good a good laugh. But for me, I was devastated, devastated. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. It was just a really shit time. But all the time I was at Kicks ninety six, all the time I was at uh, Medway and Mercury and then Oxygen, I was always sending tapes to all the galaxies and always getting bounced back every time I was getting bounced back. And that all goes back to, I was with uh, my very first girlfriend and she turned around to me and said, we're going to go away. I, I don't know when this was. It must have been like 1999, I think. And no, it was 1999 because of the Dream Team song, Buddy X 99. Um, and we went to York and had a lovely weekend in York. And I was in the, in the, the car we had. I think we had a hire car. And um, I listened to Galaxy 105. And I was like, and I was into dance music. It's all I used to play on Kicks 96. I loved it. And I was like, holy shit. This, and back then it was Today's Dance Nonstop. It's like, this is the bollocks of a radio. I can't believe, I was buzzing, saying to my girlfriend at the time, I can't believe this is an entire radio. Listen to it. Everything about it was amazing. They'd just started doing the, the you remember the sings at the start of the songs? Like, Galaxy, into all yeah, the songs. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. single song. I was like, holy shit. Anyway, <laughs> and as we're driving around, I was flicking around the radio, thinking, oh, I'll give some of the turd a try. Let's see what happens. And it went to a, 106.4 and I was like what's that I was like hey, this is Galaxy I was like Gal- Gal- no internet I couldn't google it I was like what what don't know what I heard don't know who it was but it was like hey blah 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 in Newcastle and I was like fucking Newcastle what where's that it's miles away got the map out the AA map it's like fucking hell that's my that is the biggest thing I have ever heard of that radio station is phenomenal I was getting a nosebleed in York, let alone where Newcastle was. And this radio station, I could pick it up. I, oh, my days. So that was my, that was it. That was it. So from the Kicks 96 days, Mercury, I was always sending tapes out to Galaxy. Get, I rejected from every PD they ever had. Um, it, it, it was a shocker. I was never going to get a job there. Um, 
until um, Mike Cass sent me an, uh, a letter. Um, he was running Galaxy 101, or the, I think he might have been the deputy PD. And that's while I was in my lowest ebb, uh, uh, oxygen as it was. No, fusion as it had changed to fusion. And, it, and he just said, listen, um, not going to think right now. It was standard bullshit, the first few letters, the first few lines. And then he went, but I liked your link about a batch bar. I was talking about bread rolls in Coventry. That's what they called them. I was like, oh, I always actually listened. So I read it a bit more. We'll keep you on, ta- on file, standard shit. But I was like, but he actually listened. This isn't just a bounce back type thing. Anyway, I don't know how long it was. It might have been a year, might have been eight months because it was just a dark time I never want to remember. Um, no disrespect to anybody who worked there. I just, I just didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I didn't like the journey from Northampton. I'd had to move back with my parents. Life just shit. Ooh. And yeah, it was rough. <laughs> uh, from your first moving out period to moving back with the parents. And um, yeah, Mike Cass rang me up and I remember exactly where I was, the exact roundabout. I could take you there today. I haven't been back to commentary probably since, but I could drive you there right now. Where he went, we want you to come and do the evening show on Galaxy 105 and 106 in the Northeast. I nearly crashed my car, put the phone down, burst into tears. I was like, fuck, this is it. This is it. Um, didn't realise at the time the caveat was six months. I was like, oh, I can't move all the way to Newcastle, which as far as I'm aware is the arse end of nowhere. I can't do it. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, went up, did another, I might have done a demo before. I must have, I must have done a demo before in order for Mike to offer me the job. But I'd realised how far away it was. And I definitely fell in love with it at that point because we'd, we'd driven up I was on my own. It took me forever to get there, but I was listening to it for hours because it was such a big transmitter, I wanted 6.4. And then I realised, and this is the bit, this is, this is the bit for me, I got almost to Newcastle in the middle of an ad break and it switched. And I was like, <gasps> they've got split transmitters. This is it. I can press a button and do different things in different places. Instantly fell in love with that radio station. Anyway, I got there and, and did the demo and it, it, was, it was shocking, but it is what it is. Anyway, yeah, Mike Cash ran me up. It must have been weeks later. And then I remember ringing him up and saying, this is the biggest decision I've ever made. And I'm not, I'm probably going to regret it, but I can't, I can't do this. I, I can't move my whole life for six months of a contract. Um, I well, it worked out in the end, didn't it? But I, I just, I don't, the, the, the girl that I was with at the time, she really shaped my life. And I've said this to my current wife now. Well, you know, Catherine, I've, I've, I've told yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And, um, she she really did shape my life. She she took me from being some dick from Northampton that just was going to end up working at Avon or Bartley Card, which is what everyone does in Northampton, to pushing it, trying to get jobs, sending uh, demo tapes out, even though you only just sent one, just just peppering. It was her. She she did it, and she was the one that went. You you can't move your entire life. What are you going to do in six months? I'll send more demos. I'll be fine. I'll impress them. She's like, you, you think sensibly. So I said, no, I remember being broken, broken, but thinking maybe, maybe they'll come back. And they did. And they did. And Mike Cass still reminds me to this day, <laughs> all the jobs he's given me. And he still reminds me, you know, you turned me down, you little dick. Um, but yeah, no, he, he gave me the job and I remember, oh, shit. <laughs> just, just, you know, your moment. Maybe it's your, it wasn't my first job, but that was my moment. My moment was when they said I could do Galaxy. And that was... Shit, this is everything I've ever wanted. It's the one I wanted in the North East. It was a technical problem. You heard something on there you shouldn't have done. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about Galaxy because, of course, we've had 
um, a few Galaxy presenters on, and I mean, I, I've you know never kept it a secret. I, I was a massive fan of Galaxy. It was an incredible station. We've had Bentley on. We've had Lucio, Hursty, of course. And yeah. I want to talk about the magic of Galaxy in a bit. But a lot of people have have talked about Mike Cass, and I, I, I think I met him very briefly. He, he was always one of those bosses that I wanted to work for. What yeah, made, I get that. Everybody talked about Mike Cass, or still does, because he's not dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can someone check that? Um, <laughs> you know, but what was it about Mike that made him such a good boss? Uh, lots of different things, but for me, the fact that he he wasn't just... Like, I, I was, what, how old was I? I was probably 22. Um, I'd never... I'd lived away with my very first girlfriend for the two, three months in, in Kent. This was the biggest thing I'd ever done. And for me, it wasn't just the radio. It was everything else. He would see if you're all right during the day. He would say, we're going out tonight. Do you want to come and do this? We're going out for lunch. Do you want to come and join us? He'd check up on you at the weekend. He was more than a boss. He, he, some, some bosses are like, do your job and do it well. Mike was, come up, live your life, enjoy yourself. And the radio, it is what it is. It, 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 you're good enough. Don't worry about it. The radio will just work. He was more than just a radio person. He was he he cared about you outside of radio as well. Still does to this day, and we we check in with each other really regularly, even now. Um, but yeah, he and he, I can't put my finger on it. I just think he's more than just a radio person. He's a he's a people person, and also was probably one of the best PDs I've ever ever had because, and I still don't know in my job what I'm doing now. I'm trying to traverse the. How do you tell someone they're being a dick without saying you're being a dick? <laughs> and this is the thing with Mike. He was very good at it. He could say, well, but I can't remember how he used to do it. But he'd be like, you'd, you'd walk out of the office knowing you just had the shit kicked out of you. But you walk out of the office ready to go on air and smash anything in for Mike. And I don't know how people do that. And that is a very, very clever talent. And on the other hand, um, you'd be scared shitless of him. Because sometimes it'd, it'd just be, it'd be, a, it'd be in a mood about something and you just avoid him at all costs. But then other times, he'd come and put his arm on you when you saw you were upset. I just, I just, he's just a, he's genuinely one of my favourite people in, in the whole world. And I won't say that about many people because I don't like people. So, you know, it's a, it, it, but I genuinely have more time for Mike than most people in the world. Let's talk about your show then on Galaxy because, I mean, you went on to one of the, the biggest evening shows around. I mean, was it, a, was it a continuation of what you did at Kix? You know, what, did you take that to yeah. Galaxy or... Cause... It was literally that. I got the job off that demo. So it was just dicking about. <laughs> well, um, t- t- talk about your experiences doing that evening show. Because, I mean, uh, when you first put up that mic to do that first link, did you fill your pants? What I remember my first, so we started off just on North Northeast because they weren't networking anything back then. It was just yeah. a late show. And I remember uh, I didn't feel well. I remember it to this day. I wanted to be sick. I had a headache and I've still got it somewhere. And I thought I was absolutely brilliant because it was Santos and Camels. That was sort of shit, Galaxy. No Mark dance music that Galaxy used to play back then. <laughs> Fucking loved it, but it was just yeah, yeah, yeah. shite dance music. Um, and I played it and it went, Galaxy. And I talked over it and I was like, fuck, this is brilliant. <laughs> and um, I remember saying, it was something like, hey, um, a little bit confused, um, heart's pounding, a little bit confused because when I got the call to come and work at Galaxy, I thought I was going to work at a, a chocolate factory. But here I am playing records nonstop, 30 minutes nonstop. DJ Bonkers Bollocks, right? 
but I was the I was a pig in shit. So anyway, I did that, and they kind of encouraged me to get callers on, which is what I used to do at Kicks ninety six, but it wasn't honed. It just wasn't. I was just. We used to have people in the studio at Kicks ninety six because it was a free for all, and you do something, you take a caller, and you go different times back then. So you'd have to excuse me, but it was different times, and there'd be lots of different. You could never do it now, but lots of different jibes at people and taking the piss and stuff. I'm like, oh, don't be a knobhead. And then just went to the next, oh, we don't do any lovely crap, get a grip, blah, blah, just being a, a, a dick, but a, but a playful dick. Yeah, yeah. And I'd see the people in the studio be like, holy, did he just say that? I can't believe he just said that on radio. And people didn't complain. But people used to ring up and kind of expect it. You know, that kind of paled into the, the background when I, when I went to the DMG days and then the fusion days. And then I got back to Galaxy and it was kind of encouraging, take some calls, give them a slap, get them off, have a bit of a laugh. Never go too far. And that was my, never go too far. Always end on a laugh, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of, it just kind of bred from that. Just like me and you were down the pub and you were being uh, a bit of a dick. I'd be like, oh, fuck, just stop being a knob. Uh, and then turn away from you and go and speak to somebody else. That's what I did on the radio. Oh, uh, Darren, you're being a knob. Uh, Sarah, what are you doing tonight? Just, just, just a laugh. Just your mate dicking about on the radio, and I enjoyed it. All I really cared about was playing the next bit jingle. But I enjoyed doing the the talking <laughs> bit. But um, yeah, it just it, it kind of it it grew itself. I didn't. It wasn't a plan. Um, I just enjoyed it. And then I used to go uh, to to Mike every single bank holiday. What are we doing on the bank holiday? Are we networking? He were like, no. I was like, fuck it, just take my show. I know for a fact Alex Pepper don't want to work. I've spoke to him. He don't want to do it. He wants bank holiday. He's got 50 billion gigs, Pepper has. He don't want to be working. Anyway, one, one, one day they, they let it happen. Um, and they gave me a Saturday show called Dance and R&B Extra. They revamped all the weekend lineup. And, and it came from Newcastle because they had this uh, new bit of kit. This is why Galaxy was brilliant, right? They had a bit of kit. And they were like, this is where you select what radio station is going to supply the network. Now, bear in mind, now it's a piece of piss. You just press whatever button, great. Anything can come from anywhere. Back in the day, it was a big deal. It was Leeds or nothing. No, it was Capital FM London. It was GWR Bristol for, for the, you know what I mean? You couldn't just, if you're going to do something from Trent, you had to send the links down the line, all that shit. Do you know what I mean? Galaxy, press the button. You want to do it from Manchester? Dink. You want to do it from Newcastle? Dink. Here's why I love Galaxy. Do you know what that box was called? The box that did it? Don't know. Go on. Right. It was called the Galaxy Operations Network Audio Data Switch. Wow. Dave, where are you going? I'm just going to turn the gonad on. (laughs) Come on. Doesn't get any better. I bloody loved Galaxy. (laughs) Dave, stop playing with your gonads. Sorry, I left it on Manchester. My mistake. Loved that place. So anyway, they gave me this Saturday show. And this is where I think my career got help from because I was all right on air and I, maybe I did something different which other people weren't doing I was having a bit of banter with the callers and pushing it but sometimes that's not enough and I, and I think I genuinely think this is something to do with where I've got to um, and the jobs I've got in the end they just realised that they could send news around the country different to different galaxy stations using RCS DOS and you'd, you'd, you'd change the audio in the car and you'd type ready, enter. God knows how this worked and who invented it. But it would copy from Newcastle down to Bristol. Um, 
And people like Joe Parkinson, who were based in London, could do the access all areas. She'd type ready and it would just land on like 20 minutes later because it was obviously quite right. shit. It would, it would land on my computer. It was the first kind of incarnation of that. And so I remember saying to our engineer, David McSparron, I was like, can you reinvent that on a different cart number? Yeah. Put it on whatever cart. And can I send a link to Bristol from, from Newcastle? Yeah. All right. Well, can I send the same or a different link to Manchester and blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, let's give it a go. So he tried it out without me being there. And then one day he came and went, yeah, it works that. So on my Dance and Arbery Extra show, I would uh, have a, a mix and I would purposely have it built in like a 45 second breakdown in a song. And I'd record a what's on guide for, for the local area. Cause that's all I gave a shit about. I just wanted to press the button, hear my voice go to different places. Um, and I did. And I still maintain that's why I got the galaxy evening show networked because they went, we don't want to do this. We, we, we need to do it as a business. We don't really want to do it. Well, Dave, can make it sound like it's coming from Manchester. Uh, do you fancy a bit of that? I, st- I don't know, but I still maintain that's what it is. No, Dave, uh, Dave, I think you're playing yourself down because uh, genuinely your, your evening show across the network was fantastic. So I, I think you're, you're, you're I, I know you're an ultimate anorak and you're going to play it down, but you were very good on air. I did love it, to be fair. And when, when, when I got, and when that, 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 that move, so I, I got took into the office by, I think it was Matt McClure. He didn't do radio anymore. We had loads of different bosses. We had Mike Cass. He left and went, they regionalized stuff. And then we had Sam Snyder, used to run NRJ. And then we had Matt McClure. And Matt McClure got me in the office and went, um, they want you to go work in Leeds. I said, okay. Um, and he offered me the job and everything, told me what was happening. Um, and and that, that was that. But I thought it was a late show. So I thought I was doing 10 to 1. I was happy as fucking Larry. I was like, this is, this is great. I'm going to be on the network. I was taking over from Paul Hayes and it was, oh my God, this is brilliant. Um, no, it turns out it was the evening show and the late show. They got the money's worth out of me. I know that much. I was doing seven till one, but you can voice track 11 till one. Oh, thanks very much. Nice one. <laughs> um, but just when someone says to you, we're going to put you on, because they were big, they were regional or major city. They were fucking huge stations. Oh yeah, we're going to put you on all of them because we like what you do. Holy shit. People like what I do. I've just been ratified as, my act has been ratified. You know, and I'd been down to, during the time at, at Newcastle, uh, Rick Blacksill had got in touch with me because Brooksy had gone to Capital at this point and I was always talking to Brooksy about it. And randomly, I wasn't allowed to tell Chris, but uh, Rick Blacksill had got me down and we chatted about going. I had to go in the back door and then to the top floor so no one could see me. Um, and he was like, don't tell Chris. I know, I saw him, you were his best man at his wedding. Don't, don't, fucking this, don't that. Um, and I didn't get the job. And you, you just start being a doubter. We've all done it. And then they turn around and go, yeah, we're going to put you on the network. And then... Your confidence is sky high. You, you're on Galaxy 105, which you now understand because you're in the business, is the big one. Huge. Listeners don't understand that. I didn't know that. Um, Leeds was phenomenal. The team was mind-boggling. The, the imaging, everything about that moment, when it, went, when it went from the new mix to number one for dance and R&B, I hands down think it was the best radio station in the country. Without a doubt, it it destroyed most radio stations it was up against. Most of them were, were, were EMAP at the time. It just started knocking holes in these heritage radio stations. Um, but oh my days! You could you could cut me open right now, and there'd be a galaxy. It's in the middle. I I miss it more than you could 
ever. It was everything I wanted. Everything. It was dance music. It was the odd bit of R&B. Um, it was split jingles. It was mix shows on a Friday and Saturday night. It was going out DJing. It was going to Ibiza. It was your best mates worked there. And at some point, the majority of our little radio group, and I think you've had most of them on, we all went through the doors of Galaxy. I just, I can't put into words how brilliant that radio station was. It was an incredible Genuinely station. loved it. Just, just share some of your, your favourite memories from Galaxy. Oh, man. How long is this podcast? Because <laughs> I, I genuinely could be here all day. So just, just being part of it and the, 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 the camaraderie, the people is the, is the main thing. Everything was based on the people. Um, so many parties. So it was just of its time, wasn't it? It like dance music was massive. You know, it's cyclical. It was massive then. It was brilliant. But I think the a couple of on air things that I love the most were. I still get reminded about this every day, or every every few months from Mike Cass and other management people at the time. Um, I it was my first week, and my my me and my producer. It wasn't my full-time producer. He was, he was just kind of stepping in until the, new, the, the proper guy started. Anyway, we gave away um, an all-expenses-paid trip to Baldur's Air to go skiing. Awesome. Uh, gave away uh, five of them, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and did one in the mix show as well. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, great. Job done. Uh, moved on with my day. Uh, Monday morning, get, get took into the office. What, um, what, have you just, what did you give away last week? Baldur's Air. Well, what did you give away last week? All-expenses... All Flying to Val you fucking idiot! It's a coach to Val and they and they just get the hotel. They don't even get money to spend when they're there. But now we've got a payout. It was something like twenty five thousand pounds. This is back in like two thousand and one, two thousand and two. I my name was fucking mud, absolute mud. Like they 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 genuinely they 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 got two producers in for a few weeks. But he can't be trusted. It's got whatever. Get the deputy PD to give it. I think Brent used to sit in when I did competitions for some point. It was like, oh, fucking hell. But yeah. And then like, but then, but there was just loads of cock-ups that used to happen all the time on Galaxy. It's like, we did this thing called the big, Dave's big night out. So I would, and it was brilliant. It was so Galaxy. I would record the network show because we'd just got the new master control. So it was the, 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 the DOS version had gone. It was, it was legit good. And it would play all the splits for you and everything. So we went, fuck it, we can start recording the show and doing shit. So recorded the entire network from, from one studio. Then did, well, we started at Galaxy 105 and then went to each radio station the, ne- the following whatever night it was. Did it live from their studio, but went out and did Dave's big night out. So there was some new technology, a satellite phone thing, um, which you could plug microphones into. So we went around people's houses, started off by getting pissed in the kitchen then getting driven in the crew cars to like a bowling alley, doing some bowling all live on air, getting more pissed. Then we'd go to a bar, finish off in the bar, smashed. Uh, and then we'd go to a nightclub and do a club night. Not on air at that point. It was far too dangerous at that point to be on air. But it was brilliant. But you should just hear how more battered you get across the evening. But it didn't matter how pissed I got because the engineer fucked up beyond belief. Really? Tell me why. Um, so... It was all new technology, this satellite phone thing, whatever it was, even though the fuck it was. Um, but it was like a satellite ISDN. It was like a Tupperware lid that you just put on top of the car. It, it was, it looked cool as fuck. But um, we just left it hung. Hang. We, we, we dialed up at the start of the show, um, did an hour from the, the girl's house, drove to the bowling alley, dialed it up, left it hung up for an hour, went to the bar, left it hung up for an hour. 
it ended up costing six thousand pounds, something like that, for for the for the the call <laughs> back to the radio station. It was like, why the fuck didn't you hang it up? I remember the calls go, not my problem. I'm not the engineer. What are you doing? So hang on, this idea that we promised we spend no money on has just cost us six thousand pounds, whatever it was. It was horrific. I was like, that is, now that that is galaxy. That's why I loved it because it was ah fuck it. It is what it is. Sounded good though, didn't it? Oh, so brilliant. I felt so sorry for the engineer that day. I'm not going to name him. He's got such a good job now. But yeah, good times. Good times. Well, there's um, stuff called the testing, testing, testing. The dealer does a lot of work. Well, I'm all for being open-minded, but I'm not all for discussing this live on air. Thank you. We are profoundly uh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So um, let's move on to the next station. The next station for you after Galaxy is? Uh, I went to Capital after that. Capital is that is that a small station, Dave? Or uh, uh, well, at the time you won't believe this. At the time, I thought it was right. I genuinely <laughs> are you joking didn't, me? I wanted, I know I'm not even shitting you. <laughs> now, when I was a, it's a, it's a weird. This is where my brain goes, right? So at the time, we have now got Galaxy South Power FM, Galaxy South Coast. Uh, okay, I can't remember what we had. There was so many at the time. Galaxy Scotland. There was a load of them, right? We just got some more. Uh, and there was talk of more, more stuff coming and there was talk of, are they going to change Capital into Galaxy? And all these, just before it happened, you know. Um, and I was genuinely loving it. And there was something like 1.3, 1.5 million listeners to that evening show. It eclipsed anything. It's, a, it's a, a weird story of how it came around. So I was getting to the end of my journey at Galaxy like anyone does. It was brilliant and I loved it. I genuinely loved it. But it was the same thing every night. There's only so many times you can reinvent the wheel. And I went, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to move on. Um, so I spoke to um, Bauer. Um, and it was Rich and Loose at the time. Um, but Rich had just got a job at Capital. And so Rich was off. And so you know, I put a call in. Um, it was Gary Steen. And he, to his credit, ran me straight back. Um, and we chatted and he, he got me over. And I did, a again, one of those clandestine demos you've got to do because no one can know that the bloke from Galaxy is at Key 103. So it was a really clandestine demo. I uh, did it with Luce. Um, and I loved it. She was all right. Never met before, but she was sound. Um, and then Gary uh, listened to it. And I think we met up in a coffee shop, Dean's Gate, in the next couple of days. I mean, you brought out a side of, of Loose that I didn't hear with, with Rich. I like it. I love it. Let's do it. I was like, oh, okay, no, this is, this, this is, this is escalating quite quickly. It's an Anchorman moment. Um, so he sent me the contract over. Mike has turned, uh, was turning into one of my best friends and he could read me like a book. And I was being weird at work. And he took me to his office and he went, What's going on? And I was like, nothing. And anyway, he got it out of me. And I went, this is what's happening. Um, and he went, what do you want to do that for? I mean, I feel like I'm pigeonholed. And he was like, but you're not. <laughs> you're not. Don't, what are you doing? Um, so he went, right, don't sign that contract. Um, when they send it over, don't sign it. I'm going to go, we've just been bought by Global, literally six months before. We, we, I don't even think we were the love music yet well, no we must have been we must have been anyway um, he said leave it with me I'm gonna, I'll ring you in the morning 
And this was a Friday night. Uh, or, sorry, Thursday night. So it's Friday morning. He's going to ring me. So he, he rings me on Friday morning and says, can you come in? Of course I can. I flew down from where I lived in Leeds into, into the radio station. And he was like, uh, right, we're, gonna, we're going to London. It's fucking, it's 10 o'clock. I'm on air tonight and I'm in the mix and not, not everyone could, could mix. Um, I haven't made, I haven't made the show. We should record everything. I haven't made the show yet. He's like, covered. Don't worry about it. We're going to London. Okay. So we go to London, get on the train, go to London. I'm like, the fuck is, what, what the fuck's about to happen? And I walk into the Capitol building, the front door this time, which is quite nice. Um, and I'm just like, it's the first time I've been in ages and I'm in Capital FM or Global Radio London and the Galaxy banners are everywhere. They've took over. Uh, they're all there. The Galaxy banners, the Heart banners, because they were they just bought it. They were moving Heart, if Heart wasn't already there, uh, from, uh, um, what was it called? Bramall Road or whatever it's called, I can't remember now. Bramley Road. Um, I was like, oh shit, this is, this is mega. And they took me up to the top floor, um, but not the, the, the rooms at the back, the room at the front, which I now know was like, at the time, like Ashley's sort of meeting room. And I've met Ashley loads because we'd launched Galaxy North, uh, Galaxy Scotland and we'd launched Galaxy South Coast. And I, and I really got on with Ashley. I, I've got nothing. I think that guy is, 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 is a really nice guy. And so I was like, hey, Ashley, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Hadn't really had much to do with Richard. Um, I'd seen him a couple of times, but nothing really to do with him. And then Richard walks in and my ass just goes, because you... I don't know the guy. He just scares me. <laughs> and anyway, th- th- we sat there at the top. It's one of those pinch me moments. We sat at the top of Leicester Square. Me, Mike Cass, um, Ashley's PA, a lovely lady, I can't remember her name now, um, and Richard Park with Ashley. And they say to me, I can't remember the exact words, but what's all this about? You, you going to Bower to do the intro over there. What are you doing that for? because uh, they're going to pay me more money and blah, blah, and all this, all this shit excuse. Uh, I, I don't know. I know I'm shitting myself. I don't know what to say to you. Um, and Ashley turned around. At the, at the time, it wasn't what it is now. Um, and Ashley turned around and said, don't, you don't want to do that. You're on Galaxy now. When you finish Galaxy, we'll put you on Heart. When you finish Heart, we'll put you on Gold. Why would you want to leave? What are they paying you? I told them what they're going to pay me. So, Fine. We'll, we'll pay you that as well. You've got a future. And again, this big, scary man, um, because Richard Park was there, and Richard Park was saying nice things about my evening show. I was like, I am very fucking confused what's going on right now. I thought I was getting brought down here to say, you're a dick, you're, you're going now, you're not even going to see your contract out. And they were saying really nice things. And then um, that was kind of the end of the conversation. And I, I didn't even say anything. It was just a given that I was going to stay. So I remember leaving and going to sitting out on the roof bit, which wasn't what it is now, but I was just on the roof for Leicester Square. And I, I was really confused and dazed. And Mike came out like 10 minutes later. He was like, well, that went well, didn't it? I was like, what, what the fuck has just happened? And he was like, well, you're staying and you're going to do Saturday nights on Capitol. What? Yeah, so you can do your Saturday night from Choice in London, uh, back to the Galaxy Network. And then when that's finished, um, so I did three till five on Galaxy, Dance and Robbie Extra. Oh, no, it was the MTV dance chart. And then from seven till midnight, you'll do Saturday Night Capital. No words. No words. And, and, and they were saying, yeah, we'll, we'll bring you down to Capital. But we haven't got anything right now, but we're going to bring you down to Capital. Um, and I thought that was, oh, I didn't, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> to be honest with you, I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then one day, Paul Jackson around me and went, today's the day. You've got two weeks. Um, 
we want you to do the late show. Can't tell anybody. All top six standard radio bullshit. Can't tell anybody, blah, blah. But I knew James Bassam was on late. He was my friend uh, through Chris. I can't remember who was doing daytimes, but I think, was it Martin Collins? I can't remember. But anyway, I knew Bassam was going to daytimes. I knew it all and I just couldn't, and my head nearly exploded. But anyway, and I remember going back to, uh, or I remember leaving Capital that day after I'd been told you got the job and ringing Gary Steen. And he went, yeah, I know. I went, right. Because I told him I was going to London. He was like, yeah, you're not coming, are you? He's like, but I, I've, I've, I've told important players that you're coming. I was like, I'm, I'm really sorry, Gary. I'm, I'm genuinely sorry. I, it's too good to turn down. I, I, I can't do it. I'm really sorry. Um, so anyway, I went home that night or maybe the day after I was at home and I've got a picture of it on one of my old Nokias. Um, there's a picture of a uh, Bauer Radio Network Evening Show contract sat next to a Galaxy Radio Network Evening contract sat next to a Saturday night in London radio contract and that is one of my most treasured pictures. Just holy for what what some people would give for oh, those yeah. gigs. And I was like, shit me. This is unbelievable. Did, did Gary Steen ever talk to you again? So, yes. Yes. <laughs> so this is why, and I wanted to say this in the podcast as well, because people get bashed quite a lot. And I think right now it's Bauer bashing time, isn't it? Um. Greatest Hits Radio, Hits Radio, the name changes, the merges. When it all came to an end, just to skip over a bit, when it all came to an end and I went down to London full-time, did the late show, did exactly the same shit I was doing on Galaxy. Fucking loved it. It was great. Figures were great. No one was doing personality, really. It was all music, music, music. It was great. But it got to the point where they knew they were going to put it back on Galaxy and roll out the network and it was shut up time. Everyone shut up. Don't really say anything. I didn't. I didn't want to do that. I really didn't want to do that. So I rang up Gary Steen, expecting a, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Get to hook. And this is why I've got a lot of time for Gary. Gary went, great. Send me your last night's show. Send me last night's show. He went, brilliant. We had a lovely conversation. I was like, I won't let you down, Gary. I know I let you down last time. If something comes up, I won't let you down. And the conversation was brilliant. He was really nice with me. Didn't have to be. Did not have to be. Could have just told me to, to go, go forth and multiply. Um, he ran me back, a, I don't know the time frames, but he ran me back a, maybe a few days later and he went, listen, I haven't got anything. I thought Justin was going to leave, Justin Morehouse. I thought Justin Morehouse was going to leave. He's not. Obviously, I don't want him to go. But here's Richard Maddock's phone number at Radio City. Never even heard of, well, of course I've heard of it. I'm a radio person, but you know, never even thought about it. Never on my radar. Um, and I rang up Mad and uh, I ended up getting the job there. But back to Gary, Gary went, I loved what you did on Friday and Saturday nights on Capital, uh, on Galaxy. I love what you do now on Capital with the mixed Saturday night Capital stuff. Um, regardless of what happens with Radio City, I think you'll be okay. Him and Mad must have had a conversation. I want you to do Key 103 and the hits, the old hits, the, the hits radio um, dance show. Um, and between me and you, I reckon there's a, a chance, because it was very separated at that point, all the Bauer stations, I reckon there's a high chance we could get that networked. Um, and he put me up there, uh, put me on that Key 103 show, which did get networked in the end everywhere. First time that I think Bauer had ever put Scotland and England together. Um, 
so yeah, I genuinely, I know the guy might get a lot of grief at the moment just because he's at the top of the tree of the, the program decisions of what's happening. But I, I mean, obviously things have happened since I, I, I moved to Radio City, but I actually can't fault Gary for that. Gary's the sort of guy that will put the radio station first. You know, I, I might think you're a dick, but you will be good for my radio station. You're on. So I, I cannot fault Gary. I want to get onto Radio City in just a, in just a tick, but let's, I think we just brushed over Capital just far too quickly. I mean, let's just talk about your experience of being on Capital because I've said it many times on Crunch and Roll, but for many, many people, that is the ultimate dream. And there you are doing a show on Capital. Yeah. 95 point great, I believe Rossi called it <laughs> yeah. a few weeks back. So well, <laughs> what was it like for I you? I used to, um, I used to, in Northampton, if I put a, because uh, when my geekiness, I started understanding more about radio and I got the little Radio Authority handbook. I knew where the stations were and I'd get Fox FM on and all that sort of stuff. And I'd be like, oh, this is part of the Capital Network. Well, let's try to get Capital, blah, blah. <laughs> and I could. I could just pick it up um, with a with a, a bit of, with a, with a a TV, the aerial wire from the TV, the coax, um, sort of stuck a, a, a metal coat hanger in that, hung it out the window, sell it. To, I could just pick up Capital, just enough. It was the Paul McKenna voiceover and it was Neil Long on overnights because I couldn't even get up at night when there was no other interference. So I knew about it before I'd got any jobs. And it was awesome. And I had a vague idea what it was all about. Um, but when you're in radio, you obviously know what it is. But I still, when they went to me, do you want to go and do it? I was like, I, I don't know, because I've got more listeners on Galaxy and I get to press a button that plays 15 different sweepers about it. I, I, well, I don't know if I, I don't ever want to do it. Um, but anyway, you do because, well, it got made clear to me, um, if you don't do this, you're you're screwed, mate. You, they've come to you. You don't say no. Um, so I did it. Um, and I'm, But the first, but it was weird though, because I did Saturday Night Capital for probably a year before I got, before I got late. And so it was not, when I got late, it was just meh. Okay, this is great. I now get to ply my trade in this very famous studio that Chris Tarrant used to be in. That's what you used to care about. Um, so yeah, it was, but it was a big deal. I remember my first link on on Saturday Night Capital, and again, I just wanted to be sick. I was like, I've just I'm about to say, and Dead's Paul was on before me. He was like, "You ready?" I was like, "Of course, I'm all right." Dead's man up, will you? Literally, the second the microphone went on, my ass just went. I was like, <laughs> "Shit, this is this is this is this is big." This is this is proper, and the processing and everything was just ah, oh, it was it was it was cool. It was really cool, and it's it's, like it's, a, it's a responsibility being on the radio station as well. When you look at the dance people that have gone before, it's holy shit. And I remember seeing the website, um, and it said King of something like King of Dance Music or Capitals King of Dance. I was like, fuck me. A few years ago, this was Pete Tong. What's going on? And it's only now. Now, because you never appreciate shit, really, at the time. Yeah. You might think this is cool. You never appreciate it. So you now I look back and go, so hang on a minute. I was on Capital FM London, and it was it was decent then. Not that it's not now, but you know what I mean? It was it was the all-conquering Capital yeah. FM. Um, it was awesome. And Galaxy at the same time, when it was a full-on dance station, I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> what, were we, what were we doing? You were on two of the biggest brands in, in the country, doing the dance shows, and... You were getting voiceovers for uh, TV adverts and shit. Why didn't I appreciate that more? <laughs> and why didn't I get an agent more importantly? <laughs> Made loads it's interesting money. talking about not appreciating things because I think throughout my career, it's not until something goes that you go, oh, I wish I'd appreciated that more. You know, every station. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think 
I think a majority of us are, are the same as that, aren't we, Dave? We just we're just yeah. we're just on this crazy ride. I mean, you know, you you fire bigger stations than I, but you know, whatever level you're at, you just sit on that ride and you just you just enjoy it while you can, you know. And there's always that yeah, hundred percent. There's always that fear that the ride's going to stop at some point, you know. Yeah, I think that's got worse and worse with all the mergers and all the takeovers and all the bills, the deregulation and stuff. But I do look back regularly with the lads of of the Galaxy days and just some of the stories that the things that would happen at the radio station. And like I was lucky enough because of the evenings, I was lucky enough and, and the weekend shows. I was lucky enough to be in Ibiza every year and the stuff that would happen in Ibiza and just, I cannot fault it. And you look back now and go, they were the days. They were the days. I I was lucky to be part of it. I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. Um, but oh my God, that that was truly spectacular. I Again, cut me open. There's galaxy in the middle. But yeah, I appreciate it now, 20 years later. <laughs> All right, let's 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 move on to Radio City because you, you go to Radio City first to do Drive in 2011. Um, you then go to breakfast with Leanne Campbell. Yeah, so they, they got me there um, and I had no intention of doing it. I didn't care about breakfast. I didn't want to get up for breakfast. But when when I... I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about that because there's been many guests who, who have been, you know, like yourself, you know, a great dance jock, a great personality jock at night. But breakfast is a different beast. Did, did you never dream of getting breakfast? Was that just not your nah, thing? Never wanted to do it. And because uh, I used to look at, at Hursty. So I, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't finished Hursty yet because it was so bloody long, uh, the podcast. But um, I don't know if you mentioned it, but I used to do the evening show on Galaxy, record the last... Well, to be fair, Adele Roberts actually got the, the late show. They decided to give the late show to somebody rather than just voice track and stuff. So Adele used to do it. But I used to record my last hour. So 10 to 11. Wasn't supposed to. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get a text when this goes out from Cass. You're a dick. Um, I used to record the last hour and go out. It was Wednesday night, boys night. All the lads from Galaxy were on it, right? Well, the evening show lads anyway. And and we'd go out and we'd, we'd go on the smashy smash smash. And uh, you record the last hour and, and, and get out and stuff. Um, and quite a regular amount of times, I just burst into Hersey's breakfast show at like half past six in the morning and just be a dick on air. And he'd be like, are you kidding on air? Are you kidding me? You, have you just got in from last night? Yep. And it was it was brilliant. But I used to see, and again, I people play down how hard it is to do a, a, a breakfast show. Well, firstly, there was about 18 people on that show. You know, there was genuinely about six, six, seven people. There was Hersey, Danny and Jojo. There was a couple of uh, phone ops, exec producers. I was like, fuck, it takes that many people to produce what Hersey and Danny and Jojo do. And in my eyes, their gold was just them chatting. But you don't appreciate the shit that goes in to them just chatting. Um, so no, my experiences of, of, of breakfast at a decent level, was one of the best breakfast shows in the country. Um, so no, I was like, not a chance, not a chance. And I remember when I said to Mike, I feel like I'm uh, kind of uh, pigeonholed. I went, all right, we'll, we'll put you on cover around the network then. That's, uh, that's cool. Um, so when different breakfast shows would be off, they'd, they'd, they'd put me on and it kind of confirmed to me, meh. Nah, I'm not a fan of this shit. <laughs> I don't like getting up. It's, it's not for me. So when I went to City, it wasn't even... It wasn't even on my radar, did not want to do it, did not care, just wanted to move back up north at the time with my then girlfriend um, and, and just be happy. Um, and that's what happened. But then obviously things changed in the, in the management and they went, right, we need to do this. Um, but initially they took me out 
Richard Maddock to say, uh, Jennifer Ellison, we want her to do the breakfast show with you. We're, we're going to put you on on a Saturday morning. Will you do that? Uh, so obviously you do that. Um, didn't necessarily work out. We should. It was going to be one of those, you've got to write everything down. Uh, you've got to really control it for, for, for Jen because she was more TV and it wasn't really going to work. Um, a little did I know, I don't know if it was the, the, the first plan, the second plan, whatever, but their master plan was Leanne, but she, they couldn't get her. She was on juice. Anyway, that all went to shit. Um, you should get her on. And uh, yeah, they, 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 they said, we're going to do a, a demo with Leanne. Never met her. Put us in the studio together. Instant. Instant together. Instant connection. Spent an hour and a half just chatting shit. Recorded a 10-minute demo right at the very end. Um, and it, I... I loved it. I genuinely, she's, she is now, in fact, she is, she's on a plane in, in three days, which is, it's the fourth time she's come to see me in the space of 18 months. Like, that we're genuinely best friends. It, it's not half when that happens, when you're just plucked out of nowhere and stuck together. But um, yeah, it, it, it was, it just happened. I mean, you are genuinely a nice guy, Dave, but the fact that you live in the Cayman Islands might be a, a slight pull, the reason she's been four times. I'm well, no just one saying, came I'm, for th- I'm just no saying. No one came for two years, did they? <laughs> Everyone ignored me for two bastard years. But blame COVID That's for I told that. Much, well, I told them how much the fish fingers were. It kind of ruined it. But no, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't necessarily my choice. It was kind of, here's what we're doing. I don't know what the, the, the thought process behind it was. Maybe it was driven by Radio City 2 at the time. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but you know when you get to that stage in your career, well, you just don't care. You do what you've got to do. I'll be the pawn. And if I walk home and pay my mortgage, I'm down for it. Um, that's kind of where I was at at the time. Um, but I genuinely, I loved it. I, I genuinely loved doing Breakfast with Leanne. Um, challenges, a lot of challenges with, within Bauer at the time. I believe there still is because <laughs> it's just life and there's less and less money p- put into radio stations these days. Um, I mean, when I started at City, it was... Everything apart from overnights was from from the tower. Now it's just Leanne and Joel. So, kind of watched it all deplete. And there's, there's no there's no way you can be all right with it. You just can't. And especially when more and more pressure comes on your show because you're sharing the load when the when you're all on. You're all sharing the load. You know, Pete Price at night had a massive share. Took Pete off. Oh, we're going to pick that share up somewhere. Come on, Leanne and Dave, step it up. Um, I will take a big mornings away. We're going to lose a bit of share there. Come on, Leanne and Dave, pick up the slack. Are we going to get, we're going to get rid of drive. <laughs> so what? Mm. Come on, Leanne and Dave, it's all on you. Every single bit of S&P, everything. Well, it's just what everyone's going through now, isn't it? But the pressure was just like, there's only so much two people can do. Um, and if you dare mention that maybe the networking wasn't as good as it should have been, and don't get me wrong, I was, that was my thing. I've always been into the networking and, and most of my career has been networking I got very frustrated and very vocal probably didn't do myself any favours but it's sometimes you just got to say it <laughs> oh yeah why did he leave Radio City was it a choice or did things come to an end no it was 100% a choice so back in uh, Saturday Night Capital days uh, a guy over here who's now my general manager um, called Blake he rang up reception of Capital and uh, just said to, so the guys on reception at Capital, I, the legends, right? I've got so many stories of, of different stages and stuff that I wish we could get onto. Um, and then Gary was one of the guys, right? And Gary would come up to floor three at midnight. He came one night and he went, hey, some, some 
fucking randomer from the K Lines is ringing you. Uh, he, he wants to know if you'll do a show for him. Oh, fucking, where's the K Lines? No. Uh, anyway, a couple of days later, he's rang back again. Oh, give him my email address. And he emailed me. I ignored it. Um, anyway, long story short, one day I rang him back. He was like, Do you want to do your Saturday Night Capital thing? Do you record it? I was like, Yeah, no, it's all, it's all done the day before. I don't do it live anymore. I've, I've moved on from doing live mixing. What about if you just sent it to us and, and talked over it saying X1071? Well, how much are you going to pay for that? Similar to what I was getting paid for, for the Capital Show. Yep, sign me up. <laughs> not a problem. I'm rebadging something. It's not a problem. So, um, so I did. Uh, and then that progressed into a few weeks later. Well, that must be a few months later. Um, the afternoon show guy here in Cayman uh, quit and he went, can you just cover afternoons? Easy voice tracking. I'll take out some of the links. Basic stuff. Oh, go on then. Whatever. Uh, and that was 2000 and I want to say 2009, 2010. And so I was voice tracking afternoons for Cayman since, since then. So it must be 2011. Uh, he said, do you want to come do this here? And I went, oh, do you know what? Yeah, that sounds good. But then you realise you're doing the Bauer Network on all the stations on a Saturday night. You're out clubbing whenever you want. Radio City Breakfast is flying. What are you doing? No. And the, the biggest thing um, was my dog was ill. And my dog is everything. And my dog was ill. And he wouldn't have been able to fly over with me, Clive. And everyone that knows me knows Clive. It's, so it's great. He's been in every, that dog has been on more radio station mixing consoles and pissing engineer off than you could ever imagine. Let's get a picture of the dog on the console. Everywhere I worked, every station. Um, so I, I said no. Um, and it was Christmas, well, Christmas Eve. Um, and I said, no, I, I can't do it. it, it it's it, too many moving parts at Christmas. My dog's not very well, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, poor little Clive, you passed away in March of, of 2012. So a year later, maybe, they, uh, I must have been so much longer. I moved in 2020. All oh, right, we went to bed for ages. And then they, they got in touch with me in like 20, probably 2018 again. I went, listen, if you come over this time, we want you to be PD, of the top 40, the one you're on. I want you in the morning show. Would you do that? At the time, I'd got really annoyed with the fact that Radio City had to keep going, hey, listen to Radio City too. It's the bollocks. Well, hang on a minute. It's on FM. It's not like... Viking 2 on AM, where it's not going to really affect you. This is genuinely ripping audience from me and giving it to them. Now, I get the bigger picture, but I don't give a shit. You're going to hold me accountable for Radio City Night 6.7, 6 till 10. You're not going to go, but the big Bauer picture in Liverpool is quite good, though, isn't it? You're going to go, you fucked that. And they always say they're not, but I call bullshit. I call bullshit. And I was getting more and more frustrated, and I'd been... Offer, I mean, again, I, I don't know if I'm even going to go back, but I don't mind saying it. There's a couple of, of stories where I, I could stick the knife in. But I, there was some jobs offered to me, uh, country hits radio as it was by then was coming online. Um, we chatted about that. We chatted about doing some more network stuff. We chatted about uh, loads of different jobs. But, but to a degree where I was like, oh, fucking hell, I better talk to Leanne in a minute because it's getting serious. Nothing came of it. And I was just a bit like, I don't believe anything you say anymore. So they brought a contract down, a new contract with me and Leanne. And Leanne, through the whole thing, knew what I was doing, through the whole, it was a two-year process of me going, I'm going to do it, you know. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Um, and it was, I think it was like May, June. 
probably even earlier than that. But we decided in, in 2019 we were doing it. We we're going to move out here. And I told Leanne um, and I told work really early in like February, March, May, maybe. It was, it's dead early in the year. Um, I'm not going to sign my contract. And they, they, they brought the big guns down. Uh, they brought Gray and Bryce down to tell me, we're not going to network. We're not going to do it. Well, don't, don't worry about it. Breakfast is our plan. Uh, Gary came over. We're not going to do it. And I was like, listen, I don't mean to be disrespectful to any of you. You said that about mid-mornings. You said that about drive time. And now you're saying it about breakfast. You said you weren't going to change Key 103. It's now hit to radio. I'm not saying anyone's a bullshit. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is from my perspective and my family, I can't put my faith in what you say. Because right now, you may well think, because I'm not calling bullshit on Gary or Graham or anybody. What I'm saying is you right now, from the company's perspective, have no plans to network drive time. And that's what you said to my one of my best mates, Scott Hughes, six months before you network drive time. Because right now you're not. But then D and the people and, and Yvonne might go, time, done. And you are network. I just can't trust you because of your form. Um, and when I said that, I kind of feel like they, they both backed off because they, 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 they were both like, yeah, we'll, we'll get, I think one of them even said, we'll sort this out this morning to, to one of the PAs. He later told me, I was like, they're not. So it was 100% my choice. They were very, very nice to me and tried to convince me. But there was also other stuff as well. Like we, we just found out we couldn't have kids and we were just like, do you know what? This is bigger than the job. Let, let's just start afresh. And you, the, after a while, Graham um, was just like, yeah, okay. Well, listen, the door's always open. You've not done this in a, in a, in a bad way. Gary was the same. Again, can't fault Gary. You know, I, I, I still keep in touch with Gary. We still, we still chat. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just time to go. And the, the station was just, I, I'll be honest with you, I, outside of the, the, the morning show, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. To the people, the attitude of some of the management, it was just, I did not enjoy it. And I wouldn't talk like this if I had a plan on going back. Yeah. But, you know, I don't plan on going back to Radio City. Um, but yeah, it was just, um, and we've all been at stations where you just feel like you're a problem. We weren't a problem. We just had a voice and you didn't like it. Because Leanne's Leanne. And if you ever get her on, you'll hear Leanne. She's like, she, she, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it, it was 100% my choice and I don't regret it in any way, shape or form. Probably the best decision I made. Well, that was going to be my next question. Any, any regrets? Because there you are sat in your little cubby hole studio in the Cayman <clears> Islands, <throat> which, uh, you know, looks just beautiful. You know, and made, apart from the fish fingers, which will, will play in my mind tonight. <laughs> yeah, horrific. <laughs> but apart um, no, from mate. any regrets? Nope, no regrets whatsoever. Um, I, I, I achieved everything that I wanted to achieve. Other people wanted to be on Radio 1. How many split jingles do they play? Exactly. And, uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Thanks. Um, but I achieved everything I wanted to achieve. The only thing I didn't achieve, and I'm not annoyed about, was I didn't get to do the GWR network because everybody wants to be on their station. I wanted to be on North Ants 96. Now, that's not to say that I didn't kind of get off of the GWR network evening show um, in a, well, I'd like, what I would probably call a clusterfuck of a conversation for a certain person within the hierarchy of GWR. We were. So I was sending tapes around when I got a little bit disgruntled with Galaxy. Not in a bad way, just let's, let's just see how it goes. Um, sent some down to the head honchos in Bristol. <laughs> and it's absolutely brilliant. Sent it down to some head honchos in Bristol. Um, 
Now, I'd already, no, I went, actually I went down twice for this. So this is the first time, pre-Cam and Sally. So I didn't know who did it before. Was it Mel and Rob? Was it after they left? I th- was it Kev? Hot 30 was Countdown? Kev, I can't remember. No, it's before Kev. Was it? Well before Kev. Kev was after Cam and Sally. Um, anyway, it, it, was that, it was before Cam and Sally, directly before. Um, Alison Mulrooney? I don't know who it was, but anyway. Um, they got me down. Oh, no, they didn't get me down. We had loads of conversations, loads of conversations on email and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was doing Galaxy in Ibiza. I was sat in Cafe Mambo and some Bristol phone number calls me. I'm like, holy shit, this is it. I'm about to get a call. This could be, because I wanted to be on North House 96, you know what I mean? And um, I answered it and it was a lady called Jo uh, who was in the upper echelons of management. I don't want to say a second name because if you know, you know. And it wasn't her fault, but it was just classic radio fuck up. And she says, hey, are you all right? Dave, I think she might call me. Oh, hey, Dave, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it's Joe. Um, so, the evening show. Um, I can't remember the ins and outs of the conversation. We discussed doing the network evening show on, on uh, Cork, uh, what was called at the time, it was music control, Cork control, whatever. I was like, holy shit. And she went, well, you've, you've spoken to Link, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Fucking no idea who Link is. <laughs> like, no idea who Link is. But you've spoken to Link, yeah, yeah. And we've done this. We've done I'm thinking... I haven't done anything she is saying. And as the phone call goes on, she realises she's fucked up. She's rang Dave Kelly from Galaxy 105 when she should be ringing Cam Kelly (laughs) from Galaxy 101. Are you fucking kidding me? And it suddenly dawned on me what was going on. And and I can't remember how the conversation ended, but I remember thinking, what the fuck? Fuck has just happened <laughs> on the phone in the sea in Ibiza. I just had a really cool job for 30 seconds <laughs> and now it's gone to me, mate. Cam, what, what's going on here? Um, I led, and then they were like, well, we've got, they used to call them key sites, didn't they, back in the day? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got these, uh, let me put you in touch with another person because they they run key sites and I'm sure we could get you big up there. Sorry, I'm on the Galaxy Network. Brrr, put the phone down. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, so you've been talking to... Oh, fuck. You're Dave Kelly from Galaxy 105, not Dave oh Kelly from Galaxy 101. God, that's awful, mate. That is awful. Oh, mate. I was devastated. For 30 seconds, I thought, I'm going to press a button and 42 jingles are going to play. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is amazing. And I'd been down with Brooksy. He'd been covering some Christmas stuff and it was the shit. And I remember he like... He showed me the button that did the XXFM stuff and he went, look at this. And he spoke on the microphone and listened to the satellite at the same time. He went, hello? Hello? I was like, oh my God, get me a job there. 30 seconds I had that gig, almost. I, I want to talk about, talking about names there, because of course, you, you, you know, you're not the original Dave Kelly. So, no. How, how, did you, oh. how did you get to keep the name? So... It's a funny story. So I used to, so Dave Kelly, Dave Warnerby, Dave Kelly back then was on Kiss 100. Yeah. And I remember being at Kicks 96, my first station, doing some comp prod. And we were, because uh, I used to load the, the, the adverts. And we were connected to EMAP House and it was Kiss 100. I was like, oh my God, who's, who's, it was like the thing they played down the ISDN. I was like, who's this guy? Hey, I'm Dave Kelly. I was like, oh shit, who's this guy called Dave Kelly? So I kind of knew Dave was there. When I did the RSLs uh, in Leicester, Vibe FM, he was on, Vibe FM or just finished or just whatever. Um, so I knew of Dave. And then I remember being on the Galaxy Northeast evening show, listening down the network line going, it's Dave Kelly, that. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was Dave Kelly and it was funny and he, it, was, it was brilliant. And then didn't even speak to Dave 
And then all of a sudden, he just changed his name to Dave Warnerby. And I think it's when I got, I think it's when I got to London, he changed his name to Dave Warnerby. And I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't, I didn't really pay any attention to it until we got lots of, obviously it's radio, we've all got mutual friends. And we were out on a night out and, and, and Dave was there. I was like, oh, fuck it. everyone thought it was the piss funny thing. We're all <laughs> smashed. Been at the Garrick and Dave's there. It's like, oh, Dave Kelly, look, it's Dave Kelly. Um, so we got a chat about it and, uh, and we're mates now, but, but we hadn't met then. And um, it was just like, well, yeah, well, you, you, you got to London, so just relinquish my name because, you know, you're in London now. Um, and that was basically, that's basically oh, it. That's but so the amount sad. of times, like, Hursty and stuff would be like, um, hey, uh, Dave Kelly's doing uh, Galaxy 105 uh, evenings. You're going to fight in a car park. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it got turned into a really big thing after a while. But I still, to this day, I get people like on Instagram and stuff. Hey, uh, listen, I know you're dead busy doing heart and stuff, but can you uh, record me a voiceover? And I'm thinking, do I send it? Right, with this shit Northampton accent that I've got. Or do I just say, you got the wrong Dave? <laughs> and every time I've gone, you got the wrong Dave. I just, I just tag Dave and go, you got, the, you got the wrong Dave. Do you know, talking about Dave Kelly, the voiceover, because um, of course he was he was EMAP's voice, wasn't he, for some time. And I remember yeah. when I was at the station in Hull, which I don't like to mention the radio station name because it pisses people off that I talk about it too much. But um, we used to have... Well, my wife worked at Viking FM, so that's, it's okay. That's She'll the one. That's this. the station. She'll love this, <laughs> she did. yeah. She's a lovely lady as well. But she... Um, Dave, sorry. I remember he, he was... We used to have a winning weekend. It was 96.9 Viking FM's winning weekend. And I think Dave, did he have a, an apartment in Ibiza? And I remember he... We used to send him scripts to record, you know, and he tried to do it. He was absolutely hammered. <laughs> Amazing. In, in Ibiza. Because oh. I'll never forget this. The day I died, but he was going 96.9. Oh, fucking, I'm too pissed. And that was it. He was gone. <laughs> he fell See, because he's a legend. Yeah, That's a why. Legend. I love Dave. He's such a good guy. He's, <laughs> he's just one of the good guys. He really is. And yeah, did you see the uh, the video the other the other week of him doing live sweepers? With, no, with I need to see go. that. Have you not seen no. that? As if he's doing it on heart. No, yeah, text he's doing me that. Live. Is, is it Alice, the, the, the lady, the, the, the other voiceover lady? Um, but yeah, he, he does a live sweeper on Heart. Brilliant. But he did that on Galaxy for us as well. He'd just be like, Galaxy. I was like, guys, he's just a good guy. Just one of the good guys. Oh, yeah. Well, Dave, um, thank you so much for being on Crunch and Roll. It's, it's been amazing to have you on this episode. So thank you. No, thank you. I, um, I feel like I've taken loads of time and I've, I've only just like scraped the surface of, of random shit. Let, but, let me just, but thank you for having me on. Let, let me just, I mean, most presenters say that this is like therapy, which is, is great because it's, it's, it's therapy for, for me as well and, and Simon, the producer, because, you know, we get to, to relive these memories ourselves as well. But everybody that's been on, or a majority of people, will text me in about half an hour and go, oh, I should have told you this, 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 but look. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you exactly. know, I mean, part, part twos are, are a potential, you know, so maybe, maybe we'll get you <laughs> back on, but but you look, do you know what? You look so happy over there and I'm, I'm really pleased. Oh, mate, I, I, I can't fault it, you know, and, and, and it's gone really well over here. I did, uh, came over as the PD of Top 40, then got given uh, the country station, which was great because I'm, I'm now into the music research of it because I don't know what country is. It's, it's about learning it. Uh, and then in the past six months, they've made me group PD and operations manager of it all. So I've now got seven radio stations to, to 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 play with. It's, and I'm just loving it because, you know, you've had so many dickhead bosses. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> Everything they did, I won't do and I'll take all the good bits. But I'm genuinely loving it, man. And I look back at what's happening in the UK right now and, yeah, we get homesick. But 
am I doing radio with one person in charge? Like, we, we, there's my general manager, then there's the CEO of the, 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 the group that owns loads of different banks and God knows what, and then the billionaire guy that owns it, who's the nicest guy in the world ever. Hey, can we do this? Yep. I'm never going to get this chance again. Really happy. And I'll look back on this uh, when I move back to the UK and go, why did I move? Oh, you can't be open. It'll say DMS radio in a bit. It's coming. I know it's coming. Do you know the one thing? And I was, I was thinking about you potentially saying, the, you know, missing family and friends. But I guarantee when it comes to friends, when you come back to the UK, your mates will still be in the same pubs at the same times, cracking the same jokes, talking about well, the same Well, you say that most of my mates... Because I escaped radio, escaped um, Northampton, all my mates will probably just be in the pub. All, uh, all, all locked up. Been... <laughs> yeah, 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 all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. It's therapy just to go to the... Most people I know in radio live in the pub right now because it's therapy over what's going on. <laughs> Jesus. Well, listen, um, if you ever need a breakfast jock from Hull, about a fat lad with bold, balding ginger hair, I'm your man. You th- you, you keep me in mind, all right? Because he looks beautiful. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard Tom's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lost it listen Dave thank you so much uh, you, look we know you've done voiceovers but can you please take us away with the end credits no hang on hang on do you think I'm Dave Kelly the voiceover Dave Warnerby because oh, this is going to be really awkward well, this is mega awkward now isn't it because you're not going to get a, this is heart you're going to get some twee dickhead from Northampton having a pop that's what I want <laughs> go on okay you've been <laughs> oh, no, come on I'm shit at this right <clears throat> You've been listening to Crunch and Roll with me, Dave Kelly. Uh, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. <laughs> Fucking, this is why I don't do them. <laughs> subscribe on your favourite podcast app to get every new episode as soon as they drop. Crunch and Roll is a 969 media production presented by John Fox and produced by Simon Borowski. I've made that bit up. I'm going for the best. Did I nail it? Oh, yeah. Not, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get Warner B in, it'll be well better. <laughs>